The following pre-recorded program is brought to you by Wrestling with the Inner Man. Welcome to Wrestling with the Inner Man, because the first fight we face each and every day is a fight with our flesh. Do we listen to our selfish, sinful nature or to divine nature guided by the Holy Spirit? Your host, David Savage, is a product of the West Texas desert and energy industry who recently received the biggest promotion of his life, reporting directly to the top boss, God. We hope you're ready to rumble because wrestling with the inner man begins now. Good evening, WWM listeners. Have you ever heard the expression of random act of kindness? Aesop of Aesop's Fables, I know this is going way back for you young people, <laughs> said that no act of kindness, no matter how small, is ever wasted. And chapter 15 in my book, The Savage Path, A Memoir of Modern Masculinity, is titled The Boomerang of Kindness, because I believe when one performs a simple act of kindness, it is returned to them like a boomerang. To learn more about my book, visit the website at www.thesavagepath.com. The price of both the book and the paper, the paperback and the Kindle version are reduced while we promote the book through this series on the show. So kindness is one of the fruits of the Spirit mentioned in Galatians 5.22, and for some people, it is their spiritual gift. I am not one of those people. <laughs> but my guest today is, he is a young man I have known and watched grow tremendously over the last 20 years. He responded to the Lord's calling to become a pastor, and after serving in several roles at Second Baptist Church for 13 years, he is now lead pastor at River Point Church, Missouri City. Pastor Chad Harold, welcome back to hey, Wrestling with the Inner Man. I am beyond thrilled to be back here. Love what you're doing. Excited to be a part of this again. All right. Well, uh, in case people didn't catch our early episode, which was actually one of the more popular ones, it was the Deshaun versus David dilemma. And I think tying it into what was going on with Deshaun yeah. uh, worked for us. Um, <clears throat> give us a little bit of background on... Uh, you know, just uh, what you're doing and uh, so they can get to know you a little yeah, bit. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm married uh, to an amazing wife, Sarah, two wonderful kids. Um, you know, growing up, I wasn't exactly the kindest guy, I'll be honest. So it's interesting to uh, be here today. But it is it is really cool to see what the Lord can do when you really allow him to, to get into your life and kind of mess it up, but then move it into the right place. It's a, it's a pretty cool thing. But I'll say for me right now, I've been on this really, I think the most exciting thing has been this real six-month journey of transition into this new role and learning how to, uh, you know, to pastor a church and a group of people and then also how to lead and manage a team. There's been a lot of growing and a lot of opportunities to practice uh, giving and receiving kindness, which has been exciting and challenging at the same time. So really cool to be here to talk about that and uh, to think about that as well. Well, thanks for coming on the show again. Um, Chad, in Chapter 15, I open with a description of, of the History Channel show alone. Uh, to set up the point that we all need other people, and I love this show, and, of, of course, they're dropped off in the woods alone. And uh, let me just read an excerpt, you know, from the book uh, to kind of set this cool. up. I mentioned this show alone because when you backpack a lot, you encounter people like this somewhat frequently. They are on some quest to examine themselves or prove something to themselves or others, and they have chosen to do it alone. Many times these people have seriously underestimated the impact that loneliness might have on them. They usually want to talk when you encounter them. Sometimes when you are hiking with a group and you do not have the same belongings, you can be quick to dismiss these people. After all, most of us have retreated to the woods to get away from others. <laughs> However, information is important in the backcountry, and there are no newspapers. 
You might need information like water source locations or to check in on a trailhead bear warning where you intend to camp. Uh, We always ask about fishing details like bait or flies and certainly about distances and difficulty of trail conditions. Some folks are chatty and others will barely grunt a hello as they march on by. But kindness and sensitivity to others' needs somehow increase when you are placed in a situation of scarcity. You could very easily be that person in need. On our Alaska excursion, we cut our backpack trip short due to the severe bug infestation. Joe Adolf and I were fishing along a river full of pink salmon near Homer the first day we had come off the trail. While we were trying our luck, we encountered a young Japanese man angling in the same area. His English wasn't very good at all, but he was extremely eager to talk to other fishermen. He had been by himself for weeks already, and we could see that he needed company badly. With gestures and a good deal of repetition, we communicated that we planned to hire a guide the next day and go fishing for halibut. He became very excited, so we asked him if he would like to join us. He practically hugged us and became very animated. It didn't seem like much to us, but he kept bowing and thanking us profusely. We told him where to meet us at the marina and how much it would cost and told him to meet us there in the morning at the appointed time. He was there at the marina waiting for us like a little kid going on his first trip with Grandpa. We could plainly see that this experience was something very special for him, so we slapped him on the back and treated him like one of our own. We caught a lot of big halibut and high-fived each other on a beautiful day out on the water. His big grin was infectious and constant throughout the day, and we took a picture of our catch with him and two other men who came on our boat to fill it out. I don't remember his name, but I do know that he appreciated that special day being with other people who loved to do something that he loved to do but might not have been able to communicate well enough to arrange the charter or get others to go with him so he could afford it. Being kind to that young man was something very simple and easy for us to do, but it clearly made a tremendous impact on him and his ability to live out a dream for a day. Adolph, Joe, and I felt warm inside all evening as we dined on fresh halibut with the other three from our crew for dinner. So, Chad, you know, what was going through your mind when you read this chapter of the book? Well, two things come to mind. One, um, fishing with you could be dangerous. So uh, <laughs> I'm watching my fingers even now as we sit here. But, uh, you know, two, and I think this is interesting, you won't be able to, and I never thought about this before in this in this simple thought, you will not be able to give or receive kindness away from people. So it's interesting, right? Everything that we think about when it comes to kindness is generated around people, which is interesting because the very thing that can be so difficult people Mm -hmm. is also where we find one of the great gifts of life, which is the ability to give and to receive kindness. So it's nothing profound, but it was just interesting to me that if you live an isolated life or you are away from people, you miss this opportunity to experience a kindness. And every story you had, it involved people some way, shape or form, which Mm -hmm. is a simple thought, but really interesting. As I was reading that, I couldn't, couldn't shake that. So yeah, well, the, there's the, the there was a big campaign uh, of be kind to animals, also, which was like maybe from uh, the Humane Society or something. But it's true, you know, to experience it, it really needs to be like a human interaction. Right. Yeah. Um, well, in the study guide in the in the back of the book, I reference scripture to frame a small group discussion for each chapter, and that's really what we're trying to do here is kind of model how a small group would work. And since you're someone who's read the book and I wrote it, that's how we're doing it. And for chapter 15. It is Galatians 5.22. But when the Holy Spirit controls our lives, he will produce this kind of fruit in us. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Here there is no conflict with the law. 
So, Chad, as, as a pastor, do you see kindness as a fruit of the Spirit uh, receding or rising today? I think, unfortunately, I would have to say receding. Now, with that, I'd pause and say there are glimmers of hope. You know, we see as people start to walk with God, as they, as the, the Spirit starts to move in them, we do see things come to life. And so there are glimmers of hope. But really, just in general, if we look at the world, um, there is a bit of a—there really is a receding when it comes to kindness. And I, I think the real— the real challenge is in our in our culture and our country, we're struggling with a fundamental challenge, which is selfishness. Yep, it's selfishness, and when we are so focused on ourselves or our own things, we fail to notice others, and I think that's what brings us to really the problem. I think about um, do you, do you uh, you go to church every Sunday, right? You go to yep. the same church, mm-hmm. okay? So if I told you today, tell me, ask you today, how many stoplights do you run into? on your way to church or from church? Probably couldn't tell me, right? But if I said, okay, the next time you go to church on your way home, I want you to count the stoplights. Tell me how many you find. You could tell me easily, right? Why? It's the same route, same destination, different focus. And I think that the issue we're we're facing and the reason we're seeing kindness start to dissipate is selfishness. Our own things become the root. And really the hardest lesson for really anyone, but especially young men to learn is that, you are not the main character in everybody else's story. And when you figure that out, like all of a sudden you start to see the world differently. And uh, I think if, if you're caught up in yourself, you, it, it just makes it so difficult for kindness uh, to be the, the heartbeat of your story. And so we've got to be that, – I mean that's a struggle we all face even today, even now as a pastor, as a believer walking with God. I can still get wrapped up in my own stuff and totally miss all these opportunities that are around me to give and receive kindness. So I think selfishness is a huge reason why we see that. I couldn't agree with you more. And there's also this, the social media and the phones and the earbuds, you know, like yep. I went to Texas A&M University. And I started in 78, graduated in 82. One of the few people that actually did it in four years. <laughs> but it was customary because it had been in all military school just until late in the 60s. And so all those traditions of the core and everybody, you looked people in the eye and you said howdy to everybody you saw on campus, yep. everywhere. And I go back to football games now, you can't even get eye contact with people. And then if you do, they've got their earbuds in. And, and just just being – that's part of being kind is just being uh, – acknowledging, hey, there's another person there. <laughs> and even walking around in the neighborhoods now, it's just people avert eye contact. And it's I, I don't like the way – that uh, it's, we've become so engrossed. And I, I think that selfishness is also, well, I just want to listen to my thing. I don't want to pay attention to other people. And I would have to agree that, it, that it's on the wane. But in the story that I told, when, you, when you're backpacking, when you're in a situation of scarcity, you tend to be more kind because you're, you're suffering or you're seeing other people suffer and you're aware that there's a very small gap between you and that other person. You know, you, it could easily be you, you know, if, if your stuff got wet if the bear's got your food, you know, whatever has happened. And so I think, uh, unfortunately, God works it out like that. He'll put us in a situation of scarcity (laughs) to help us get over our selfishness because he wants us to have that relationship with him. I mean, we saw it all through the Bible, too. The greatest Mm -hmm. moves of the gospel, the greatest moves of the church came in those difficult times when they had to really rally together and think about something other than themselves. And we're in a similar spot today. So, Yeah. yeah, really interesting. So, uh, so how how have you tried to be kind to others? You know, what are some examples uh, as a pastor? You know, how 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 are you kind to others? Yeah, well, I would say uh, 
one, it's first of all, we don't want to we don't want to put a false uh, narrative out there. It's a constant battle, right? It's, we're always yeah. battling this, and so being kind is something we we all desire to do as a pastor. We're held to higher standards, so I don't get as much grace as some, but I still fall short in this. And um, I think the key is learning from it. But I was thinking about this, thinking about kindness and stories, and there were a few stories that came to mind. But there's one I want to share that I think uh, it'll be interesting to see the the end of this. But it was it was years ago, actually, when my wife and I were still dating. She was leading a, a small group of, of young girls. So they were in junior high. I think they were in sixth grade. And uh, it was about Christmas time. And she said, you know, I really wish for Christmas I could buy these girls a Bible because none of them really have a good Bible to use as we're doing this study. And so in my mind, I go, perfect. I can help with this. So I started saving. I was working interstate batteries, just a little job. And so I started saving some money. I found a coupon, uh, a good old Lifeway. I found a coupon, yeah. 35% off, something like that. And so saved up all my money. I went, ordered these Bibles, I bought them, used the coupon. And if I'm honest, I gave the Bibles really because it was about impressing my then girlfriend, right? right? And so we gave these Bibles. Well, cool. And I made a promise, never tell anyone who gave them to him, you know, blah, blah, blah. Well, years later, I'm standing in the lobby at that same church. I'm on staff now. And um, this girl comes up and she goes, your wife is amazing. I go, oh, of course I know that. But tell me, well, what is it? She, she goes, this Bible. She gave me this Bible years ago. And she's like, I still use it today. Of course, I didn't say anything, but on mine, I go, wow. That's so cool. It's like one of those those gifts that the boomerang. Came, yeah, yeah, exactly. It came back. And yeah. so to that moment, there was so good. But I think it's so funny to point out. And the reason I wanted to share this story is because, to be honest, that kindness was still wrapped in selfishness. I mean, mm-hmm. the idea was to impress my girlfriend, but maybe help some people along the way. And so we look at that, and that's that's kind of the world we're living in. Like, yeah, even in our kindness, we can still find ourselves battling selfishness. But we serve a God that's so good that He can take even our own sinful things and He can flip them around and use them. And so that you see that boomerang effect come into play. And um, and it's it's really a beautiful thing. So uh, I don't know. That's I think that's a great story because it really was wrapped in selfishness, but God was good. And then I learned from that and go, man. That moment felt way better than the the moment of giving those bubbles. It was right. seeing the end result was right. amazing. That, you know? that it had a big impact Absolutely. on her. I think that's a big part of giving uh, because people can write checks, but if you're not there to actually see, you know, the benefit or how that changed that person's life, not that it had to be life changing, but just you know, like we used to do the angels of light and yeah, you know, absolutely. I like that because we saw we sat with them and. You know, when they got to open their presents on the bus and we were taking yeah. them back. I mean, that that's a great feeling. It makes you want to do that more because I think all people in their heart genuinely really want to be givers. Yeah. And it's just we don't know how a lot of times. And uh, yeah. like another example might be like when you get interrupted. It's yeah. hard to be kind when you're interrupted doing something sure. else. Or yeah. For me, I, yeah, guys, sure, were kind of sure. like single-minded focus. Too, and it's like, well, you know, I, I, I can be kind to you later, but don't interrupt me. <laughs> so that, that can kind of catch us off guard. But. Other than being interrupted, why is it difficult for people to be kind? Yeah, well, I mean, we said selfishness. I think that's huge. The other thing I would say is uh, differences. It's differences. I mean, so so often our differences keep us from kindness. And you could list a bunch of things, politics, race, economic status, religion, denomination, personality, the list goes on. But instead of being curious and learning about each other, we get judgmental. And the moment we get to that place, I think kindness really just doesn't stand a chance. So we're so focused at times on ourselves, we get we get wrapped up in our differences that we miss the chance to uh, be like God's called us to, which is to love and to kindness. So th- these are some of the these are the two things I think get in the biggest way of us just simply being kind to each other because we allow these two things to get in the middle of it. it just drives a wedge and makes it so difficult, you know. Yeah, differences. That's a good 
it's stereotypes. You know, it's interesting. Yeah. You know, because uh, we had an election recently, yep. and I I was a poll greeter, and so I'm just standing at the appropriate distance, you know, and I'm asking people if they'd like information on the judges or a sample ballot, and I don't know which party they're going to vote yep. for or anything, and then and you can just see this kind of guardedness of people like, oh, you know, I don't want, or maybe they really want it, or they're they're sizing you up trying to visually get some cue that you either agree with them politically or not. And and people make bad assumptions. You know, you might see someone who's from an, uh, an immigrant or another nationality and you, you make, but it was really uh, easy actually for me to be kind to those people. And then the response was, was so positive. I, I was really, you know, even people that, that didn't agree, but they, they just want to talk with other people right. and say, Hey, we can still get along. We don't have to, Go to your corners, you know, and come out fighting, and that's unfortunately, you know, that's what right. has happened a lot. You know, Curiosity over judgment. Oh, so big. And there were other people that were working for uh, opposing campaigns, and you're like, man, now we're going to compete for who yep. gets up. But we actually were friendly with them, and and it made uh, an afternoon where when you volunteer to do something like that, you're like, oh man, this could really be a bummer. But it was actually a great afternoon. We had good weather. That's so too. good. But, yeah, but I that's think so uh, good. stereotypes, judging, you know, differences. Just give people the opportunity first. I think if you just give them the opportunity, you're going to see that. And then a lot of times, like like in your story, it's it's also uh, returned to you, maybe even greater, you know, than, right. than what that's what you right. did. It comes back, and that's that's God's uh, math, right? So, what's uh, the best example you can think of when someone else was was kind to you when you really needed it? Yeah, this one's interesting. So, uh, the one of the kindest things anyone's ever done for me was also one of the hardest things. Uh, anything any, anyone has ever done to me or said really said to me. So there's a story. I'll try to give you the quick version. But I was uh, I was time. I was uh, I was young in ministry. I was serving as a pastor. I was leading a college service Thursday night. We called it underground. It was all these young people. It was great. So I just finished speaking. I came off the stage. I was feeling pretty good. You know, is good message, whatever. And one of the leaders, older lady that was serving with us, she came up to me in the back. She goes, "Hey, can I talk to you for a second? I'm thinking, oh, great. Yeah, I'm gonna get a little little compliment here. It's going to be great. You know, things are going well. And she goes, um, hey, when you're, uh, when you're teaching, when you're speaking, um, you are here. She holds her hand down, kind of at her belly button. And she said, but we need you to be here. And she raises her hand up to about her shoulder. And I'm just looking at this lady going, who do you think you are? Are you kidding me right now? In front of, in front of this group of people, you're going to say, and, uh, you know, you fast forward after it took me a few days, if I'm honest, right? We're human. Right. It took me a few days to process this. But basically what she was saying to me, and we had talked about it later, she said, you know, you are you are speaking to a generation that is ready to inspire change. And we need the best. And she's like, the best isn't going to come from you. It comes from God. And so what was happening is I was becoming really good at communicating, mm-hmm. uh, the gifting but I was not necessarily focusing on what God was having me to say, but more so what I felt like I needed to say to get people engaged. And that moment changed. It really changed everything for me. But it was also one of the hardest things that I ever had to experience. And so the kindest moment for me was also one of the hardest because someone was willing enough and brave enough to stand face to face with me and say, hey, I want to help you, but I got to tell you something that's hard. I mean, it, it, to this day, I mean, that was years ago. I still think about that. It changed everything for me when it comes to ministry and particularly communicating God's word. Just incredible. So That's a great story. That's true. Only the best can come from God. That's, okay. that's good. We're just supposed to re- reflect his glory. And I had a situation. I went, uh, we were at a retreat 
our kids were involved in some program, and I was uh, driving my wife's. We had bought her that little Pontiac Solstice, and it was turbocharged. And yeah. I didn't get to drive it much. It has these windy roads around there, this scout camp that I used to work at, and I knew the roads really well. And I was like, hey, I'm going to take the car while you do these other activities with the kids. And, and I was going – I had a buddy in the car with me too. And, man, I mean I was going fast, and, uh, and I got pulled over. Mm. And I was like, man, this, this is going to be – expensive might even go to jail if it's you know reckless driving. yeah yeah <laughs> i was like so the officer he, he gets out of his car and he comes up and i'm gonna get my license out and everything and you know and he looks at me and he goes you have some kind of emergency mr savage you know I go, what? no i have to be you know completely honest you know i mean this is my wife's car i don't get to drive it much i used to work at that scout camp over there you know boss <laughs> it and and then uh he took his sunglasses off and he looked at me and he goes you know, you taught me canoe and merit badge. No and way. he goes, I'm going to let you, I'm going to let you off with just a no warning way. here. And I was just like, oh, great. thank you, Lord. I did, it was <laughs> such kindness that I didn't deserve, you know, cause I knew Absolutely. I was just clearly guilty. And that's really, you know, the way God is. It doesn't matter how guilty we are. He still loves us. He still wants us. Yeah. And, uh, and kindness is just so basic, so easy to do. It doesn't cost you anything, you know, to be kind to anybody else. Yeah. So, Chad, you got any final thoughts, uh, suggestions to young men out there listening to the program? Yeah, young men. Here, here's, uh, here's what I'd say. It's or nice women. to be – here's what I'd say. It's nice to be important, but it's more important to be nice. And I think as young men, we – and I know I did this. I struggled with this. We want to become great. But to be great, we must learn hard lessons while building great character. And I think podcasts like this, books like The Savage Path, so many resources, they give us young guys a chance to learn from those that have gone before us. And it's huge. But in addition, we must also, we have to be faithful with the little so that one day we'll be ready to handle the more. And so I think if I could boil it down, I would just say make practicing kindness a part of your story now so that it'll be a driving force later. And kindness is this boomerang effect, right? I love this idea. But we want to be careful, too, that we don't give kindness in hopes of its return. We give kindness because it's what the creator of the universe has asked us to do. And then he takes care of the rest. And and it's so cool to think about this. Being kind to people as a believer is one of the ways that the world sees the kindness of God because God speaks through his people. So I mean, just encourage people to make kindness a part of their story now and, and let it grow, and it'll be a driving force later on. It'll be cool stories to tell. Awesome. I wanted to also mention this other scripture that I found, Ephesians 2, verses 6 and 7. It says, And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. So he's being kind to us, and he just asks us to reflect, you know, what, what we've received. And uh, so we ought to be grateful, you know, for the gift of our salvation, that he's forgiving our sins. And uh, I'll just uh, like to close quickly with uh, a word of thanks, the kindness of our sponsor, Mike Kinney and Prism Specialties. He supported the program since it, we, we created the show. And they're in the restoration business, which also is a good fit because, right. you know, when bad things happen, I know there's a, there's a peculiar uh, November hurricane hitting Florida, you know, recently. And they, uh, you know, they, they lose things, you know, they have water damage. And, and so this company can take care of electronics, fab work, fabrics, artwork, and even documents. So think of Prism Specialties if you have any needs like that and you need to 
have some things uh, restored and recovered. So once again, visit the website at www.thesavagepath.com to learn more. And uh, Chad, you want to close us with a little prayer? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, Father, we love you so much, Lord, to be thank you for this chance to be here today. And uh, Lord, as we think about uh, helping other men, uh, Lord, we, we just got to lean into you. And Lord, I ask you to help us to make kindness a part of our story on a regular basis. And the boomerang effect, Lord, what a wonderful thought. But at the end of the day, Lord, we just want to be faithful to you. And so help us, Lord, see those opportunities, especially during the, the holiday seasons, to, to look around, to see people the way you see them, and help us to be kind. And whatever that looks like, lead us is our prayer today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. AM 1070, The Answer, Wrestling with the Inner Man. Thanks for listening to Wrestling with the Inner Man with David Savage. For more information, reach out to David at wrestlingwiththeinnerman at gmail.com. That's wrestlingwiththeinnerman at gmail.com. Tune in next time as Wrestling with the Inner Man tackles more tough topics to train up a generation of better men.